This is the Gospel City Church podcast. Our hope is that this message is helpful, encouraging, and even life-changing as you grow to know the person and work of Jesus. Enjoy this message today. Today's passage comes from Galatians chapter 3, verses 15 to 22. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not, for if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Amen. Amen. Um, Like I shared, we have been um, reading and studying through the book of Galatians in this season as a church together. And, you know, by now we probably had about... um, few weeks, several weeks of studying and looking into Galatians. And if someone asks you like, what Galatians is about, what would be your answer? Just think about it a little bit. If someone asks you, hey, what, the, what is the book of Galatians is about? Because your answer would be something like, it's about the gospel, and it's about the justification by faith. You know, it's about the salvation it's not by good works, but it was by, it's by His grace through faith. And you know, all these answers, when we hear these, in some way, um, you may feel like it is just re- repetition of these Christian doctrines. You know, when we hear about this word, you know, justification or salvation by good works, you know, we, we, we tend to think just consider it as this Christian doctrine, the knowledge. But I just want to share, uh, as we begin this time, the message of Galatians that we are reading together is so precious and important for all of us in this room who heard the gospel before, who knows about the gospel, because the reason that Paul is writing this letter is not simply that we may know about this knowledge, but he is writing this letter so that we may build our lives upon it. So it's important for us to reflect on it and take it into our hearts, because matter of fact is many of us here, sometimes or often, we're not building our lives upon this foundation. Rather, we build our foundation on our good intentions, on our good behaviors, something else that is not 
the gospel. And we take these messages and we just add on top of this different foundation. But the work that Paul does in this book is not simply adding or reminding them the message, but he's warning them that do not go back to this different foundation and do not go back there and again building your life upon it. But he's saying that staying and stand upon this foundation that I'm giving you. So imagine there's a sh- like you're in the middle of the sea and you're in the ship and this ship is sinking and it's, it's wrecked ship and it's sinking and you see, you know, finally there is a coming uh, rescue ship coming and you're finally saved and, and you move to this ship that is not sinking. So you're saved and you're rescued. But then you see another ship that is is coming, and you jump into that ship, and that ship is actually the sinking ship, the wrecked ship. And that is a foolish thing to do. And we don't want to be that person. We don't want to be that to do that with our own lives. We don't want to go into be rescued and saved by this secure and safe ship, and then we don't want to be someone who is jumping again into another ship that is sinking. And so today, um, as we look into the passage together, I want us to reflect on the salvation that we received in Christ, which is the foundation of our lives. It's not just one of knowledge that we receive, but this is the foundation that we build our lives upon it. And the Paul's message from our passage today, Galatians chapter 3, verse 15 to 22, is this, that we are not people under the law, but we are people of promise. And so if you don't remember anything else today, I want us to remember this. We are people of promise. You know, our life is not about what kind of achievement that we made in career, and it's not even about how much money we've made, and it's not even about how good we are. And that's not our foundation, but our foundation is the promise that we receive, and our life is about the promise that we receive from God in Christ. So we just read the passage together, and as we look into our passage, um, it's very easy to notice that Paul here is talking about God's promise to Abraham. So for us, um, I, I just want to briefly summarize what the promise was about, what this promise, God's promise to Abraham was about. And the story, the whole story of Abraham is started in Genesis 12. You know, God called this, out this man whose name was Abram. And then he, God calls him out, um, and he, he's, he's saying that, leave your father's house and take a journey to this new land that I'm showing you. And there in Genesis chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, you know, God is making a promise to Abraham. God is saying, you know, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great so that you'll be a blessing to others. And later on, as Abraham um, like is, on, is on this journey, 
like toward this land, God repeatedly assures Abraham his promise. And on the way, God is making a, actually a covenant based on this promise. And God confirms the promise. And God continually saying to Abraham, this is what I'm going to do to you. This is what I'm going to give to you. And uh, we just want to look into one of the passages uh, from Genesis. It's from Genesis chapter 17. Uh, I'll just be reading it for us. It says, it will be on the screen. You know, God is saying to Abraham, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of multitude of nations. I'll make you exceedingly fruitful, and I'll make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I'll give it to you and to your offspring after you, the land of your sojourning, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. So it's quite a long passage. But here, what God is promising to Abraham was something very extraordinary, something very, very special, something very unique. We found this kind of promise only here in the human history and in the, even in the scripture. And here God is making a promise of new family of God. And in the New, Te new Testament, they use the term new kingdom of God. And here I want to use the term, the new covenantal family. It's, it's, this family is based on this God's covenant with Abraham. And for this new kingdom, for new covenantal family, God is promising Abraham, you know, for this family, for this new kingdom, you know, I'll become their God and they'll be my people. So this was the promise to Abraham by God. You know, the creator of the universe is making this promise to Abraham. And Genesis is telling us that it is grace. It was grace. Because God is not telling Abraham, God is not making a deal. You know, Abraham, if you listen to me a little bit well, and if you do this, and if you obey me, then I'll do this. And that's not what God is saying here. God is just making promise. God chose Abraham and made this promise of new covenantal family so that he can bless the whole creation, so that he can redeem and save the whole creation. And Abraham, we know that he simply believed God and his promise, and he received this promise by faith. And Paul, today's passage, is talking about this promise that God made to Abraham. And I just want to talk about what Paul is talking about it here. One, I think what we know about this promise and what Paul is talking with in his letter is that this promise to Abraham is irrevocable. It cannot be changed, or it cannot be annulled. In verse 15, um, Paul is actually giving a uh, saying like this, to give a human example, brothers. 
Even with the man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. So he says that he's giving this everyday examples. And the word here, a man-made covenant, is actually the word that is used for the will. So imagine, and, and many commentators also like, mention that it, the man-made covenant is actually the idea of this will. And imagine, because we will, one day, we will write the will. Whether you want or not, we know that one day we will need to write the will for ourselves. So imagine there is a father or someone who is writing down this, his will. You know, he will write down these things like about his position, about his house, about his car, what he has, all the monies that we, he has, and he will write down will what he's gonna what he's gonna do about it after his death. Like he will say that I'll give this portion to my first son, I'll give this portion to my second son or daughter. You know, he can of course change his will as long as he lives, but when he dies. No, his will is confirmed, and his will is sealed, and there's no way that he can change it, and there's no way that someone else can change it, because it is confirmed on the moment that he died, and that is the idea of ratification that Paul is saying. Paul is saying that the promise that God has made with Abraham, this promise is something that God ratified. It is already confirmed. It is already sealed. And then God is making sure that this promise will be done. This promise will be fulfilled. And more than that, what Paul says here is really, really radical. At least for me, it was really radical. Because what Paul shares in verse 17, I'll be reading for us one more time. Verse 17 it says this, you know, this is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. And verse 18, it continues, for if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. You know what Paul is saying? Paul is saying, you know, even the law that we read from the Old Testament that is given to Israel by Moses, actually given by God, you know, even that the law cannot annul the promise that he made to Abraham. And, and I think this corrects many of our understanding because, you know, some of us, believe that once upon a time, in times of Israel, God provided this law and people were saved by keeping the law. But then somehow God figured out, God found out, oh, it's not working. Like no one, no one can like obey the law fully. So somehow God figured it out and then he sent Jesus so that now we can save by faith in Jesus. So some of us, that's how we believe as we look into the scripture. But that's not true according to Paul, according to what he says here. According to Paul, you know, from the time of Abraham, and actually from the time 
when the first Adam sinned and fell, you know, God's redemption plan for us was always based on his grace. You know, his plan for the people of God was always based on his promise and based on his grace. And then that's what we hope and that's how even we relate with God even today. You know, God related to Abraham by his grace, you know, by his, giving his promise. And even today, God is giving his promise in Christ and he relates with us by his grace. And that's what Paul has been talking about in, in chapter three of Galatians, uh, book of Galatians. So I just want to highlight, briefly highlight some of the verses, because that's what uh, Paul was saying in the verse 16 today in our passage. You know, now the promise says, were made to Abraham and to his offspring, and it does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. So God is saying this promise was made to Abraham, but also to this particular offspring that will come after Abraham, and it will be fulfilled by him, and that is Christ. So there are other passages in Galatians uh, I'll share briefly, you know, chapter 3, verse 9. Those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Verse 14, in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Verse 22, the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And, and, and Paul nails it down in verse 29. He says it very clearly. If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. So if you remember earlier this, um, today, we sang this song, like, you know, calling out the, to the God of Abraham. And in this, what Paul is saying here is why we sing, even sing for the name for the God of Abraham. Because in Christ, that same God who related to Abraham through grace now invites us to his presence every day by his grace. So that's why we can go to him in confidence, even today, because in confidence in the promise that he made for us. So we are people of promise. We are not people under the law, and even the law cannot change God's promise for us. Then there is this question like um, arise. I think it's a very logical question. You know, if we are people of promise, you know, if our relationship with God is based on not, how, not on how we're good or not on our good works, and if our relationship with God is based on, on God's promise and on the faith in God, then why do we even care about the law? You know, if, if God's plan for salvation is based on grace, like, what was the point of even giving the Ten Commandments to Israel? Because there are commandments that is written in the law. Like, what was the point of that? And Paul, 
here raises the same question. This, in, he, he raises the, this rhetorical question in Galatians. You know, verse 19, he, he's asking, why then the law? In verse 21, if you see, he's asking, is the law then something contrary to the promise of God? And today I want us to have a clear answer for that same question. Because one day, someone will come to you and ask you, hey, I heard that Christianity is about this faith, and I heard that Christianity is you're saved by grace. If you just believe in Christ, you're forgiven, and your sin is forgiven, and your sin is dealt. But then, what, what about those all the laws that is written in the Old Testament? What do you do about it? Because someday, one day, someone will come to you and ask you, And so I want us to have a clear answer for that. And also, as we have this answer, I I just want us to not to go back to the law keeping. We don't want to go back to the like sinking ship, but we don't want to. We don't want to. We want to like stand firm in, in the foundation we have. So, like, what's Paul's answer for this question? And Paul's answer from our passage is that the law was given to expose and diagnose the greatest problem of humanity. Paul's answer for the law is this. You know what? God gave the law so that the law can expose and diagnose the greatest problem that you have in your life, the greatest problem of sin. And he's, you know, going back to our verse, verse 19, you know, he asked this question, what, why then the law? And he gives the answer right away. The law was added because of transgressions until the legitimate heir of the promise arrives. And I just want to mention some other verses from Romans, because Paul elaborates this point in the book of Romans more. You know, chapter 320 of the book of Romans, through the law comes knowledge of sin. Romans 4.15, where there is no law, there is no transgression. Romans chapter 7, verse 7, if it had not been for the law, I should not have known sin. You know, it almost sounds like, oh, if there was no law, there was no sin. What, what is Paul saying here with this idea of that the law is actually giving light to the sin? You know, what Paul is saying is this. Sin was there from Adam's fall. Sin was there at the times of Abraham. And the, the reason that we know about it is because from that time, there was death, which is a fruit of sin. So we know that sin was there, but until the law comes, it was not exposed as a sin. It was not exposed as a transgression. But now when the law came, now there is a standard, and it becomes a transgression which has the connotation of like crossing the line, crossing the boundary that is already set. 
So the law revealed and sentenced the fundamental problem of humanity, which is rebellion against God. And I think John's thought um, explains about this very well. So I just want to um, share the quote about, of, of, from John Stott. You know, he's saying like this, so the law's main work was to expose sin. You know, it is the law which turns sin into transgression, showing it up for what it is, a breach of the holy law of God. It was added to make wrongdoing to a legal offense. It was intended to make plain the sinfulness of sin as a revolt against the will and authority of God. So what John Studd is also sharing is about this passage and about this idea of law exposing the law. He's saying that the law, the main work of the law is exposing the sin. And by doing so, it teaches us and it, it makes us to know that sin is actually against God. Sin is not just our wrongdoing, but it teaches us that it's against God and it's active rebellion against God. So by exposing the sin, do you know what the law does to us? The law illuminates all the more the promise that we received by grace in faith. You know, it, it shows clearly that the promise that we have in Christ, the promise that God made to Abraham and also fulfilled in Christ, that is the promise that is indispensable. And it also shows the deepest problem of sin in our heart. Because whenever we read the scripture, whenever we read the law, what we'll see and what we'll learn about ourselves is that the, the law, which tells us to do good things, it actually cannot give us life. And also we'll see in our own selves that, oh, we don't have an ability and we don't have life. And we'll see that the life that comes, the promise that we receive. And when we see that promise fulfilled in Christ, we will see the life. So as we are wrapping up our passage today, um, I just want to give us a very practical question for, um, for the church. You know, Gospel City Church, as a people of promise, not as a people of under the law, I really want to exhort you, encourage you to be close to his word. And especially the Old Testament. Because you will read the blessings and promises that was given by God to the descendants of Abraham in his word. And when you read those blessings, I want you to be confident and receive it as yours. And because in Christ, because he, Christ, when he was on the cross, he didn't just pay for the cost of our sin, but he also paid the cost for the blessings as a 
legitimate heir of recipient of this promise to Abraham. And as we have faith in Christ, all those blessings to the, for the Abraham's descendant, it becomes ours in Christ. So know that when you are in Christ, our inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, according to First Peter. And one of the blessings is that God became our God. You know, he relates you with grace, and his mercy and grace is upon you. And more than anything, the Holy Spirit is residing in you to continue to shape us, even without the law, that we fulfill the law. We love God, and we love our neighbors. And also, not just the blessings. When you read his word, you will read actually the laws and commandments especially in the Old Testament. You know, you will read um, such as, that you know, you shall do this, then you will be blessed. And you shall not do this, otherwise you will be condemned and cursed. You know, in the Old Testament, like you will be reading this um, commandments and the laws saying the blessing for the obedient to God and the condemnations and curse for rebellion against God. So when you read it, that I want us to read it as a people of promise. Because when we read those, what the law does, it, it illuminates the true problems that we are facing, but also it illuminates the greatest promise that we received. And be confident that Christ was the one who obeyed the law and fully received that blessing. And be confident that Christ is the one who took the condemnation and the curse that was ours and who took it upon him on the cross and he took care of it for us. To be secure and be confident and let's build our lives upon this promise that we have let's pray if you've been blessed through this ministry join us in reaching others by partnering with us today gospel city is a gospel-centered church in seoul south korea on a mission to plant korean-speaking healthy gospel-centered churches you can give by going to the website give.thegospelcity.org thank you for listening and subscribe to enjoy more messages like this remember Jesus changes everything.